Mozart International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This episode of Fresh Talk features German artist Regina Frank. For the past decade, she's been exhibiting her installations internationally in windows, museums, and public spaces. Regina's meditative projects explore the tension between analog and digital media. Our conversation introduces a few of the political, cultural, and spiritual issues that interest her. I'm Kathy Bird, fresh art producer, and today I'm in a little town outside Lisbon talking to Regina Frank, a German-born artist who lives here, and we're sitting at the edge of the sea in the sun, and we're going to talk a little about her work. Regina, you have worked with the title the artist is present for as long as I've known you, maybe 15 more years, 21, 21 years. years. And I'm wondering, what do those words mean for you conceptually, the artist is present? Oh, the artist is present is, uh, for me, a, a very big concept of um, surrender, actually. It's like um, your body becomes the space for something really grand and when that happens then that's a real present in fact this is our birthright it's just that we keep forgetting it but when we remember that presence and that present within us then we can be bigger than ourselves and that is the artist's present so it's a concept of being a present, the artist as present, and being in the moment, being completely not focusing on the end result of a piece, but on every step, enjoying every step of the way. And sometimes, or very often, I also put some of the production steps on display to draw the person, the viewer, into the production process. The feminine symbol of a dress has been one of those presents, I believe. And I remember that one of your, I guess your New York debut in 1993 was a project called Helmes Mistress at Exit Art. And it was part of a bigger project uh, that several artists were engaged in called Let the Artist Live. And I believe you lived in this beautiful red dress. Yeah, I was invited by the legendary Papo Colo and Janet Inberman, who were running Exit Art the First World, to do a piece in that exhibition, Let the Artist Live. And I had very low budget and uh, I had to design a piece where I would feel comfortable in, where I would want to live in. And it was the very beginning of the internet. I had done a piece before just across the street at the New Museum of Contemporary Art that already dealt with a dress. And um, it was the beginning of the internet, the first moments of the internet. So I decided to introduce the internet and the information that was being provided in the internet, which was at the time very little. I mean, we are talking about 92. 
So you can imagine there was just little tidbits here and there uh, to find. It was really a place where you could comfortably have a walk and find interesting things. There were no search engines such as today. It was much more of an adventure to discover something that was valuable. It was just that I was researching the internet, that I was surfing, I was swimming in this sea of information and coming across little tidbits here and there. And the information that touched me, I felt I needed to tangibilize. It was very clear for me that to create a big round dress, sort of like an island, sort of reminding of one of my favorite theater pieces, Happy Days, in, uh, by Samuel Beckett. And to concise the information, just to materialize the dresses, uh, the, the information, by embroidering it slowly into the dress. Um, babies are, the first information that they used to touch was little bracelets with their names. And it used to be that it was made from pearls. And I used that information and it was really funny because the kids would immediately recognize this as, as their baby beads, you know, or their letter beads, uh, their bracelets. And to use that material, which is basically the first kind of information that you come in touch with as a child, is your name, the first abstract concept of information. And then to um, embroider all those abstract concepts, I found that very intriguing for me. And also I needed a structure, a rhythm, so I stayed eight hours a day in that dress and at night I slept underneath. In the morning I spread it out like a morning glory and at night I lifted it up so it became a tent. Underneath there was a mattress, it was very comfortable to sleep there. And it also gave me some privacy towards the other artists. Then slowly, in the beginning, I, I started from the outside. And then slowly, I worked myself towards the inside. And as the internet got more vast, bigger in ideas and uh, much, much more information, my space on the dress was less and less and less. And that I enjoyed very much. Basically, I had much more to choose from and much less space to choose. And that is a very, for me, very congruent to a development process of a child that in the beginning takes all the information and puts it all out there. And then as you grow up, you get more and more selective. You have less and less space in your brain. And what I also found interesting is that the color for me was a symbol of, I mean, red in Chinese is the symbol of the new, it's the positive, it's a new beginning. And the internet for me represented such thing much more than any other change. I mean, I went through a lot of changes with the wall coming down in my hometown and all of these things. So for me, the internet was even a bigger change in our way of thinking and it proved to be a complete revolution of the mind. Absolutely. And that's what Hermes Mistress, I mean, the title Hermes is the messenger of the gods. 
And it was always the people's dream that there could be a messenger that flies as fast as lightning from one place to another to send a message. And so Hermes is sort of that symbol um, in the Greek mythology, but it's also for me absolutely indicative of the concept of the internet. And combined with working in projects like that, where you married the internet with the and work, you also grew mushrooms in a dress once. Yes. In Frankfurt, outside <laughs> a castle. Yeah, exactly, in the garden of the Schlosspark Philips. That was a fun project for me. I mean, the dress is always for me a very, it's an archaic symbol. It's the remembering to take a certain amount of space. It's the island. It's the memory of staying put also, of staying in a place and prevailing in the center and being vigilant towards the outside, but also to find your center, to find your, your space. From the center, things look much different, much lighter, much easier. So that's why there is always also a figure in the center that basically claims that space. I, I just love that as a symbol and as an archaic reference. But did you wear the mushroom dress? Uh, yes, I did. I was, I have some photographs inside, but of course, because it was made on a mound of fertilized straw. And then as the mushrooms were tiny, they started, as I felt them growing out of the dress, I actually cut holes in the dress and let them grow let out. them out. Yeah, to freeze them. So every time it was a bit like a, a little birth, you know. And then there was a tool on top of it, uh, sort of the same as uh, bridal. It's a, it's a fabric that is completely see-through. And it was at the same time holding the humidity. It was very practical because when I sprayed the mushrooms, the water didn't go directly onto the mushrooms, which would have spoiled them, but it gave enough humidity and it contained the humidity. And at the same time, of course, it's a reference to mourning and to new birth. And I always had a material philosophy with every dress I created. Most of them are in silk because silk is spun. It's a product from a butterfly that basically spins itself into a cocoon, which is for me very symbolic of any kind of intellectual development. And then you come out of it and you are transformed into something else. And this particular dress was made from jute. and. Jute I love because it's the process of growth, of plant growth, but then again it's used to carry heavy items. It's a very stable thing, so it's a bag, you know, it's a sack. So as I recall, you actually, you, you harvested the mushrooms and you, you yeah, cooked and them we for ate your them. audience. Yes, exactly. I mean, one of my favorite things in life is cooking. It's sharing food with other people. So I made use of that moment and harvested the mushrooms once they are big enough and ate them with the visitors that came along. They were really good, very tasty mushrooms. That was the first dress also that required uh, daily maintenance. 
uh, that I needed to apply from outside by uh, spraying it with water. So the artist definitely had to be present for that one. Yeah, <laughs> but I stayed in a trailer close to it and it was fun to, to move around with the trailer and being sure that to water the dress twice a day or three <laughs> times a day if it was very hot and on the weekends to, to stay around the dress and sometimes sit inside and see everything from the inside of the dress it was fun. I think in, in, in a way this dress um, stayed unique because, um, you know, the problem is always um, when you do um, transitory things like that. There was another flower dress uh, a few years later that also needed high maintenance um, of watering the flowers. It was was not me, it was a figure made from earth and clay. But in general, most of the projects you've done, you've been able to travel. The artist's presence has been virtual to some extent. And I find that important, that you miss me, you know, that the artist is not always present <laughs> because the real presence is an absent one. I mean, the, the very true present doesn't have anything to do with the body being there. What are you working on these days? I, I know we're sitting in the sun. It makes me think of one project you were talking about that involves solar technology. That is my main goal at the moment. I mean, I've been investigating in solar trees, actually, where we use the shape of a tree in order to collect more sun to be more effective and shape of leaves. And the solar cells then give the energy through the stem of the tree. We have all the cabling and then um, it gives the energy to cell phones, computers or lights. The project could be traveling really, really far. I'm currently talking to two different companies to develop this really for a larger audience that doesn't have the electricity that we have. At the same time, I'm working on using solar energy for another dress project. It's called Island, and uh, the photomontage for it was first presented for the Venice Biennale for an exhibition called Map Art. It's using mainly satellite images to compose a real landscape that combines catastrophe with balance meaning that areas that have been colossally affected by natural catastrophe or human abuse and to juxtapose these with areas that are sort of untouched. I mean, there is no such thing, unfortunately, on planet Earth anymore, but at least that are still intact, the landscapes. And then to sort of create a collage out of these wounds of the earth and these still beautiful intact places in order to make a statement towards it can hit us anytime. We think we are far away from it, but it really is our neighborhood. If we think of, of it globally, it's one planet and we really need to take care of it. And there is a island also is written like I land and it's symbolic for my own arrival. I'm working here with the landscape. I see landscape every day 
and it makes me so thankful for being closer to nature, not having to live in the city anymore, is something that uh, comes at this moment in my life as a, as a big blessing. Of course, I appreciate it. At the same time, it burns under my nails to make more sustainable projects, to make more projects that are dealing with the facts that we are about to enter into a new phase where we really need to rethink and reinitialize fast. Otherwise, we lose it. You've been listening to Fresh Talk with Regina Frank. Read more about Regina and hear other podcasts in this series on freshartinternational.com.